Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back. Jack and No Trades in the house. Tay-Tay, what is going on, my man? Not much, dude. You can wake me up now. September has ended. Oh, shit. Did we miss the Green Day joke already? <laughs> no, it's it's been going uh, on. It's today. No, I missed it, though. I didn't do it. <laughs> it's yeah. obligatory. I wake somebody up with that song, and it was supposed to be my wife, but I forgot today. Shame. Well, we got the one and only Bill Mo. What's going on, my dude? What's up, fellas? It's good to be back. Much to talk about. Excited to talk some some new flicks with you guys. Always. It, the cycle just never ends, man. There's just too much to talk about all the time. Dude, we could do hours of this. Literally. And we would still not be scratching the surface. So dude, it's always a pleasure to be here. How often do we just start some random convo with you, me, and T-Car from the pod? Just about some <laughs> random movie. It doesn't matter what. It just It just comes out of thin air a lot of the time. I don't know why. At least once a week. At least. At least. And the thing is, is like somebody hadn't seen a movie that the other two had, or someone finds a movie that the other two hadn't discovered. It's a, it's a fun dynamic. A lot of things. I just am always exposed to new shit all the time. It's a good feeling. It is. Uh, anything grinding your gears, Tay, before we dive into uh, our movie recap for the summer in and fall? What, what movies have grinded your gears as of late, I guess? I didn't like the new Kingsman, guys. Ooh. I didn't like it. Yeah, I I saw that recently as well, and I was a little disappointed myself, um, particularly because of a certain cameo appearance <laughs> that did not work at all. Yeah, it. I know exactly. Is this a major spoiler? About. I haven't seen it, but I really am curious. Yeah, it's not that major. the The cameo is Elton John. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's he's freaking terrible. Like, <laughs> it ruins. Yeah. Like seriously, like the, it ruins the movie. Like, wow. Every scene that he's in, they try so hard to make him the comedy. You know, like every scene that he's in, it's just supposed to be some joke, and it it's just so like embarrassing. Like I just can't even. Is it just like yeah, puns off of his music? No, like... no. It's like it's more physical comedy. Like most of it. Can he even move? He looks like one of those oh, people yeah. that can barely move. They they give him an action scene in the end of the movie. Oh. He straight up like takes out a couple of couple of guys and it's just it's hard to watch. Like I I hated that. Like as a as a whole I didn't hate the movie. Like I wasn't like this is the worst piece of garbage, but like it was cuz it definitely had a lot of the same elements, especially action-wise as like the first one. But um yeah, it suffered Big time, I think, because of Elton John. Honestly, <laughs> well, it was it was wow, it was so bad. I actually found it amusing, if I'm being honest. Sir like, Elton John taking the movie. <laughs> it, it's just yeah. such a weird choice. It really is. It made no sense. Wow. How is Channing Tatum? He's barely in it. Not in the movie. Uh, I, hate the I hate and that. I hate that. And come to find out, I actually read an article about it. He was originally supposed to be like the bigger part of the statesman but because of like scheduling conflicts they had to take his role down to basically nothing and like he was supposed to be the one with like the whip uh like the electrical whip like he was supposed to have that entire role, oh and then oh. they had to switch it up yeah it was the dude Damn. from narcos came in and took yeah took that from him i like that guy too though yeah he was solid i like him um Shoot. Well, disappointing. And and I think it sounded I haven't seen it. It sounded like it was just they tried to duplicate what they did in the first one a little too much and then the length of the movie was just over the top. 
for two and a half hours for yeah. that kind of a movie seems I, like a lot. I read a review that said it's two and a half hours, but feels like six when you come out, <laughs> and it it really does. Couldn't have said it any better. I would still go see a third one. You know, hopefully, them correcting what had happened, but we'll see. I mean, it's not like complete garbage. Like it's, it's like a decent cookie cutter action flick. I'd say, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. it's there's nothing noteworthy about it. Like the first one, it had that that amazing scene at the church, that fight scene, because it was so unique and just right. straight up awesome. This didn't really have anything yeah. original. Well, I thought the the opening scene was really good. The whole car chase, I thought was awesome. That was pretty well filmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, it's all right though. It came out in September. You can't really expect too much for September movies. Or can you? At least, or can you? So let's do a quick <laughs> recap of the summer. We we had a few movies in our minds that we were stoked about. We were just so excited to see. My take for the summer, I was very happy with the movies I saw at the movie theater this last summer. How are you guys? I agree. Um. O- overall, I, I agree with that. Um. Like I like I told you guys before, I googled. Because you, you lose track, you know, yeah. after so long, to like, remembering what had come out. And, like, looking at all the movies I wrote down, like, there's maybe three or four that, like, I could have gone without seeing, if that. But, like, the rest, like, I was, it was pretty satisfying summer, honestly. Some good movies. For sure. Okay. I, I was disappointed by a couple movies I saw, in particular. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I was even discouraged to go see a movie I was excited for. I was really excited for the dark tower, but the, it got universally panned by everyone. So it scared me from seeing it. So, um, yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of movies this summer, if I'm being honest. Well, I think the big ones that I think we all saw and correct me if I'm wrong. We all saw baby driver, Spider-Man planet of the apes or war for the planet of the apes. Dunkirk and the Big Sick. Did I miss any other big ones from the summer? Um, I thought Logan Lucky. Did any of you guys see that? I saw Logan Lucky. Great movie. Loved it. I loved it. The pacing was a little weird at the end, but the movie yeah, as a was. whole was. I liked it. That's a good one. Did yeah. uh did and, we did we all see Atomic Blonde? I didn't. Yeah, disappointing. Yeah, same. Okay, so of the ones I mentioned, what about wait? Oh, sorry, what about on. the Mummy? Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> or the new Pirates. Oh, my gosh. you guys. <laughs> the- I did see the new Mummy, and it was, a, it's it, like, I can't even, it's so bad that, like, I can't even believe that it got put out. Like, Did you know? I It, it was atrocious. Did- like, it really was an atrocious. Did movie. you know it's supposed to be an expanded universe? Oh, yeah. Did you of know the that, original ben? universe? No. No, no, not of the original. No, of, of old monster flicks. So, like, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Creature the of the... Yeah, it's an expanded universe, like how Marvel does with superheroes, doing it with old monster films. And this is... Oh, my. And the mummy was supposed to kick it off. Oh, my. Yeah, it was their dark universe kickoff. And, dude, like, it's it's unbelievable. Like, the ending of that movie. Like, I almost encourage people to see it so they can watch the last 20 minutes of that movie is unbelievable. <laughs> like, as it was 
unfolding in front of me. I could not believe that this movie was made, and I was experiencing it. Does it get to it the so level bad. of embarrassingly bad where you, you can't believe it was made and you can laugh about it, or was it just awful? Like, you could not watch it. It was so stupid. Just dumb. Man, it, it's it's on the border of those two. Like, I can't imagine ever sitting down and watching that movie in my entire lifetime. Um, but, man, just watching Tom Cruise towards the end of that movie, like, just what they did, like, with the story and what his character is supposedly now going to be, or maybe would be if they were to do this universe, it's it's, it's laughable. Like it's it's really incredible that they what the like the way they chose to do the ending. Like I can't even explain it. I there was a point in I think the mid two thousands where the prospects of like trilogies and expanded like universe movies was very exciting because you're like oh this is awesome. We had the Lord of the Rings and that was a sick three year stretch that we had. And, you know, we had, like, Batman Begins came out. It's like, oh, my gosh, they're going to make more Batman movies? This is amazing. Now every studio, I feel like they approach it as what universe can we create that we can cash in on and have a solid stream of revenue? And it is horrible for the movie watcher. That's where I'm at. Is Do you guys disagree with that? Yeah, it's it's kind of like every single movie just is setting up another movie. It's like there's no such thing as a complete story anymore in in a movie. And yeah, it's it's that, that that was the sorry, go it's, ahead. It's, it's exhausting. That's all. That's all I think. Yeah, like that that was the biggest problem with the mummy. Like there was no like you can just tell like there was no like core story that they could just, you know, start and resolve in that film. Like they had they tried to do so much Kind of similar to like Batman v Superman, like to, the studios wanted to do so much in one movie to kick off this big universe that they forget to like make the story itself. They're just too mm-hmm. busy like setting up yes. the future, and it really shows in that movie for sure. I, it's a lack of storytelling, right? They don't have a real story. They go, huh? Tom Cruise, huh? A mummy, huh? wow, we could do this with all sorts of monsters and just put it all together. I haven't even seen the money, but I guess that's what you're telling me right now. So it's like, all right, we'll just roll this shit out. Hopefully people like it, and then we'll just rinse and repeat with something different next time. They don't care about what they're doing. Right? <laughs> right. That's that's how I feel. That's really – you watch this movie, and it, they're just like, yeah, we got Tom Cruise. Uh, we got Russell Crowe. Let's, let's – Oh, Russell Crowe got re- reeled into that one? <laughs> Oh yeah, he, he's uh, <laughs> Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Oh, perfect. <laughs> God, so, yeah. suck. Oh well, you know what? It's not all bad, right? Because we do have a few people still willing to make movies that are one-off movies, and I think Baby Driver fit that category perfect. That was a gem in a just just a mess of these franchises that we have to deal with as movie watchers right now. Tay, do you did Baby Driver resonate with you as much as you thought it would after seeing it? Like now, now thinking about it, uh, yes. So I I saw it in theaters twice. I loved that movie. I I think the the biggest thing that resonated with me was the uh, the use of music throughout mm-hmm. the film because the music kind of it drove the story. I think, and and the it was just a fun summer movie like it just you couldn't help but have a smile on your face when you're watching it and 
I I really enjoyed that movie. I, I think we saw it together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I think we did. Uh, Morris, does that one hold up for you after a little bit of time thinking about it? Unfortunately, it doesn't hold up as well as I had hoped. Uh huh. Um, I think the best part about that movie is like what Tay was saying, like the the way the music was kind of incorporated into the film. Um, like it was like a refreshing, just like original style of film that like we really hadn't seen, especially you know in the midst of all these other franchises that we're used to to watching. It was refreshing, but overall, like. I don't know that I loved it. Like I, I, like I said, I loved like that factor of it, the originality and the style. But as like a story and like the film goes, like I, as far as that goes, I, I wasn't completely amused. And like the actor, the main actor, I forget his name. Ansel, um, uh, Eger, nah, it's something weird. Yeah. I know uh, you're talking about. Like, I don't know what it was. I didn't think he was the right person. I don't. I don't know that he was the right role. Is like, his face first, too just... punchable? Is he too douchey looking? Was that the problem? <laughs> I, that's part of it. He does look like a total douchebag. That's definitely part of it. But like the the one part that like, and it was in the beginning of the movie that I realized like this guy's just not the right part. Like he's not the right guy for the part. Is when he starts lip syncing, he looks like just pain, like painfully bad and like awkward. And uh-huh. maybe that's part of it. But like. People can do that and pull it off, like Chris Pratt in like Guardians, how he can like dance and sing to songs, and it's not like painful to watch. The like, charisma comes kid, through, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's probably yeah, that's probably what it has to to do with. He doesn't have a lot of charisma to make those scenes work, and it just it's like painful to watch him dance and sing. And I was just like, this guy is not right for the part, and maybe that was a big reason why the movie didn't work as well as I hoped. I think that's the. The difference for people, it's it's either you didn't mind the lead or you did. And if you did mind the lead, you absolutely are like, okay, this movie was cool, but it wasn't that great because of him. But if you didn't mind him, you're like, this movie was amazing. Because it really did fall on his performance and how you interpreted it. I was kind of yeah. neutral to it. I was like, he's he's definitely not my first choice. I hadn't seen him in anything else. Like I know he was in the Divergent series and in the, uh, the Fall in Our Stars movie. If I probably would have seen one of those movies and then seen Baby Driver, I would have been tainted for sure. Definitely towards his performance. Thinking in hindsight. Interesting. Yeah, and like I, I'd never seen anything with him before and and honestly, like I think it would have been nice to I I like the fact that it was kind of an unknown. Like we didn't they, they had the big stars, you know, they had Jamie Foxx and John Hamm, um, you know, and Kevin Spacey in it, like taking the big roles and then kinda of have this unknown take on the lead. Like I like that about it. He just he just didn't do it for me, and that was that really made the movie suffer a little bit. Fair enough, we'll take it. All right. Well, have we talked about Spider Man on the pod, Tay? I can't remember. Uh, we've talked about it off pod. I don't think we have off pod. Um, gut reaction from Spider Man. Tay, you were worried about Toby's honor in this one. How how you doing? How how did Tom Holland pull it off for you? He's no Toby. I'll tell you that. He uh. I'm not a big Tom Holland fan, if I'm being honest. I find him I find him kind of annoying. And mm-hmm. and he was kind of I don't like this Spider-Man he's, cuz he's kind of weak. Like he's kind of a shitty Spider-Man, right? The fact that like Iron Man's talking down to him like he's like some second-class superhero when he's much stronger than Iron Man. I just I don't know. I didn't like it. 
Can I talk about my beef with this? And you're hitting it uh, perfectly here. The Avengers. No, frick. Oh, my gosh. Can't keep these straight. Captain America Civil War. Right. That's where he's introduced. Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And he's brought in by Tony Stark, Iron Man, to be his secret weapon in that fight where they all like it's Avengers versus Avengers or Marvel superheroes versus Marvel superheroes. And he is kicking everyone's ass. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he is doing all this amazing shit. And then in his own movie, he can like barely beat up the common thugs he finds. And he barely can like walk in a straight line. It, it was like it was so painful to watch him try and do things, and everybody's like, "Well, he's young; he's like learning his powers." It's like, no, sequentially, this doesn't make sense. This makes zero sense. Like, was he strong already or not? Because he literally looked like he lost like eighty percent of his strength between the two movies, and and that was to me like for our, from just like a continuity perspective, thought it was just uh, atrocious. It was very distracting. Yeah. Um... I completely agree with that, and like, and I'd be lying if I say that if I said that I didn't enjoy it. I didn't walk out of that movie like satisfied in a sense. Uh-huh. Like, I, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, like, it was funny, some good action. Like, I loved Michael Keaton. I thought he was a great. He was villain. a good villain for uh, sure. Yeah, I think he had like probably the best. Yeah, character honestly, because he had so much depth to him, and like the whole twist with, mm. uh, you know, one of the people in high school one of you know the girl that he likes is really a good it was a great twist great i didn't twist. see it coming it's because we're it's because we're racist that's why we didn't catch oh it. my god exactly <laughs> exactly we were just blind and, how why uh, didn't you know duh <laughs> you racist son of a bitch. <laughs> pc police coming in um but two things that really really bother me about this movie especially when you try to compare him to you know toby um, bless that guy. <laughs> bless really you, Toby. God bless you, Toby. <laughs> Seriously. Um, May you like, gamble for many worst, years to come. Uh, yeah. Like, two worst things about it. One, no Spidey sense. Right! Where the hell was the Spidey sense? <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. We didn't see that. Not even, like... Nothing. A, a, like, not even one scene. Not even a reference to it. Not even anyone talking about it. Doesn't exist. It was just completely... Yeah, it's non-existent in this Spider-Man. That really bothered me because that's one of the coolest parts. You know, and I didn't expect him to do it the same way they did it in the Raimi Spider-Mans. Right. Like how they slowed everything down. Like that was like revolutionary. Like that was really cool the way they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no Spidey sense. No Spidey so sense. So that was a huge, huge detriment to the film. The second part is the tie-in to the Avengers and Iron Man really do make it suffer because... Um, one, you don't feel like it's its own movie again. I mean, yep. much like Civil War did not feel like a Captain America movie, that felt like an Avengers movie. Exactly. Like, um, so this, again, felt like, you know, another Avengers tie-in. Um, but his suit with, like, Tony Stark's equipment built in it, like, yes, really bothered me. Yes. Like, how he can talk to his suit. Preach, preach! Like, no. This is not Iron Man. This is not Iron Man, like, 3.2. Iron like, Man Light. Is, like, yeah, like, it, it really, yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. This was Iron Man Light. It's exactly what this was, because, like you said, he was not nearly as strong or as capable as he was in Civil War. So, like, it's almost like without Tony Stark's improvements on his suit, he's not a real superhero. And it's like, no, like, that's not... Spider-Man is, like, in... You know, I respect the fact of them keeping it in high school. It's a whole different take. I get it. Um, and it worked, like, for the most part. Like, I thought all that worked 
um, for me. But yeah, just really, they really missed um, on some opportunities to really improve on this film. It, and it's funny because it's, to me, it's like they, they hit some things so well. Like they didn't rehash the origin story, which was a beautiful yep. move. Like they didn't have to do the spider bite or anything. They did that yep. with the, the montage like scene with his buddy, like asking him tons of questions, which was hilarious and a great film move as a whole. They made yeah. the kids look like real high schoolers, which has not been done in this kind of movie ever, at least by my approximation. Well, you, like they all looked like kids. You don't think Andrew you know? Garfield would be unpopular at his high school? <laughs> the the Abercrombie model? Yeah. <laughs> and Emma Stone running around? Yeah, I know. <laughs> He was like what, twenty seven, twenty eight when he was filming that. So, I mean, to me, they they did that right. They they were great about keeping it small. I thought that was good. They made the awkwardness of high school like pretty palpable, you know. But then like yeah. all this other stuff you just outlined, it's like you just killed what would have been a great movie. A, a certified yeah. like Marvel cynic would have walked out of this and gone, yeah, that was good. Like good job, guys. Like you made a movie worth watching, but. Yeah. I don't know who makes these decisions, guys. It's just it's just weird. Yeah, and like I think you touched on like the whole I think they've really got the high school aspect of it right. Like yeah. you could take the superhero element out of this movie and it would make a great like high school comedy. Like it really it would have. It would have worked. Because the, the chemistry was there, all the jokes were there, and it just felt like the whole Spider Man part aspect of it suffered because of that. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's a shame. And Tom Holland, he physically is a pretty amazing at looking like like uh athletic and and acrobatic uh as well as like being kind of clumsy you know like coming into himself like i thought he did that well i just didn't think he delivered his lines well enough which was like is a huge part of spider-man being like snarky which maybe he'll like get better at that with time but that was another down negative that i found yeah anyway it it was a missed opportunity but okay yep uh Planet of the Apes, we'll go over that quick. You guys both didn't like it? I know Taylor hated it. Really? I liked it. I was disappointed. I thought it, I thought what, the, what, the trailer was very misleading. I'll give you that. Yeah, uh, the trailer... I'd probably give you that, too. The trailer, I don't think... Um, yeah, it didn't quite match my expectations based on the trailer, but... As I, if I take that franchise as a whole, I think it it doesn't necessarily make a whole detriment to the franchise. Like I think it's still a great movie. It had a great character in it. Yeah, that funny ape in it, the like, skinny looking yep. one. I thought he was hilarious. It <laughs> was funny. Um, but yeah, I didn't like how they made it kind of a prison break instead of like a war. Like Dawn was more of a war. Dawn was like definitely. a war, badass movie, right? I mean, there was a straight up invasion you know, in Dawn with apes firing weapons. And you don't really have that in this, which is, yeah, I think if they were to switch the titles or something like that, or maybe, I don't know. Based on the title, I think you would be sorely disappointed because there really isn't much of a war. It's really more of like a prison escape movie. Right. Well, tell me if I'm I'm wrong, but from the trailer, you think in a final all-out war between the humans and the apes. And then... I feel like the title backs that up. That's what I was kind of expecting because it's the last one in yeah. the trilogy. And they made it look like it was going to be an all-out war. But there's one action scene at the end of the movie, and it's not even like an actual like fight scene. It's the apes running away. So, yeah, it's humans versus humans, and the apes are in the midst of it. And it's like, uh, like 
Yeah, not exactly what I was expecting. They did dupe us kind of with that, like, expectation. But I thought the movie as itself, like, pivoted. And, and the title actually has a deeper reference to, like, who are the apes in this situation. And it really was, ultimately, the humans uh, were yeah. the apes, right? Because they killed each other off. Like, off, you know, in that awful conflict that they ended up having. And the apes, the literal monkeys, were the ones that survived, right? And... So, like, from that angle, it, it was misleading because we were expecting what Taylor just described, but it was different. But the the thing, the silver lining for me, which, like, I like the movie as it was, but it also – I thought the door was ending with this movie. Like, this was the last one. But really, they're actually going to probably have a, a fourth um, that will happen. Are, are, is that in the works? Yes. From what I've read. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, it, it actually was setting up the bigger universe of the Planet of the Apes where humans later will discover a world that's run by apes. Like the, the classic from like back in the day. Uh, I, like, Caesar, I like that story a lot better, by the way. Right. Well, because if you think about it, it's like, if this is the last movie, it's like kind of like, well, that kind of like was a... You know, not quite the push you would hope for to end the series, you know, the way it happened. But when you think about it setting up the bigger consequences of them as like a society, it's pretty interesting. Because essentially Caesar turned himself into a a Christ-like figure for them. Literally sacrificing himself for them to survive. And so the implications of that in the future and how they interpret it is – I think it's really compelling. And I do have to say, I mean, this goes for a majority of the Apes films – um, in this franchise, uh, special effects is incredible. Phenomenal. I mean, I think honestly, Andy Serkis needs to get nominated. Yes, like for best actor. Like he is incredible. Yes. as Caesar. Like it's it's unprecedented what he what he's done. Like as far as mo- motion capture acting goes, like it's incredible. And like especially the big one. What's his name? I know the um, orangutan or. Yeah. Yeah. He like. The close-ups of him, I'm like, how is like, how is this not a real ape? I don't know. Like, I was really baffled. Like, I was like almost distracted from the movie, like by how good these apes look. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, phenomenal job from from that standpoint. I'm in that camp of like, I'm I'm in awe of it when I watch it, and other people are like, I can't get into this. It's monkeys, you know, it's apes, you know. So, I think it looks so real. It's distracting. Like, I can't believe yeah. how good they they pull it <laughs> off. You know, I don't know. So that's that's me. So so I could see like somebody being a little like disappointed with that as a whole. But overall I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. Um Dunkirk. Christopher Nolan dropped another one on us. What did you guys think? Morris, what was your uh what was your take? Fantastic. Um I loved um experiencing it in the theater. Felt I mean it just shows, I think, it, uh, Dunkirk, if anything, is a testament to what it can do for your movie-going experience when you use practical effects. Yes. When you, the, when you actually go to the lengths to get the real... And I understand it can't be done in every film project. I mean, budgets comes down to budget. But even then, like to, to go to the lengths to get the real location, the real boats, the real planes, the real explosions, like it goes so far... I think and, and to really put you into the into the situation. And I think the way that he decided to tell the story was extremely unique. Um, you know, because I think this is Nolan's what first biopic, essentially. I think um, so. Yeah. All of his, yeah, all of his films have been, you know, at least based on some property like Batman or just original. 
And I think taking this kind of existing story and telling it in a unique way, it brings his unique style to it, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, kind of confusing at first to figure it out, but like ultimately, mm-hmm. like when you kind of see it tying together, like how Hardy's taking place in one hour, um, Mark Rylance is taking place in a day, and then you got all, all the guys on the beach in a week, and they all t- to like I don't know how you even film that. I don't how get do you it. make that and and edit that so it all ends up into one scene at the end. And yeah, very just phenomenal job, great war film, great story, and yeah, honestly, all the props to Christopher Nolan um, for going all the way as far as the practical effects go. Tay, do you like how Nolan always has to play with the time of his movies? I feel like there's not a single Nolan movie where he's just like linear start to finish. Here's what you get. It's always him messing with like what you're seeing. What what are your thoughts with that in relation to Dunkirk? Uh, I, I I liked it. Um, I saw it with with some friends and and some of my friends had a hard time with that. Like they just couldn't get into it. They're more. I'd say they're more casual moviegoers than i am i guess not as not as adventurous you know what i'm saying i think you, i think you know i think we know what i'm yeah. talking about the yeah 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 um and it was just because it was it was not a conventional way to tell a story um and and the fact that the the characters there wasn't a lot of exposition it was a lot more visual storytelling than through dialogue and mm-hmm. and that's hard for some people to uh to watch but i i i enjoyed it i saw it in imax which was awesome (laughs) and uh right and i i think more than just the the aspect ratio it was the the sound how loud that movie was oh yeah like you felt like you felt like you were in the battle it was so it was so loud um see that movie in as big a screen and as a loud of speakers as you can get that the bigger and the louder the better for that movie for sure. Yeah, but there's really no denying it's a beautifully shot film. Technically right. it's pristine. Um I saw it with a couple of girls and they said there wasn't enough Harry Styles <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> so of course. So Nolan cast an amazing like ensemble of people that looked very regular, right? They looked like normal people to my estimation. Until Harry Styles yeah. hits the screen. And he is just too beautiful. He just steals the camera. The second he's there, it's like, oh my gosh, this guy is just perfect, you know. And and he was dressed up just like everybody else. It wasn't like he was any flashier or cleaner than anybody else, but just something about his look. It it actually was distracting somehow. He was good too. He was. He yeah. And he had a a little bit of a surprising role for the type of person he is too. So that was fun. The second the shot went to Tom Hardy in the plane looking out over the water i got this just just mega boner the second i saw that shot that air those air scenes alone i don't know how long they actually were in the whole movie but it was just amazing the the way yeah. it was filmed you could tell they were up in the air taking those shots it wasn't it there's was no cgi those things were strapped right to the side of those planes and my goodness did it work i thought it was just phenomenal the the timing, like you talked yeah. about, Morris, was a little jarring, like the first watch, because you're just like, what? He's seeing who? What yeah. now? What? How did that happen? Like, what's going on? But you realize, like, oh, this is Nolan taking his, like, creative liberties to do what he wants in the yeah. kind of way he wants to, to make it interesting, you know? And I give him all the credit and all the 
like take it all, Nolan. Do whatever you want, dude. You're the man. Whatever you do works. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I love the the whole faceless enemy aspect yes. of it. We never see the enemy in this at movie, all. Like essentially, we never really see them acting. Is and especially as far as like the first shot, like the first gun gunshot you hear in the film, one scares the crap out of you, and um, two, like it just it. Oh, like, I don't know what it was. Like, it was just so different to, like, be put in that situation and you, people were shooting at you and it's some faceless mm-hmm. enemy that you can't really attach to or, you know, grasp onto. I don't know. I thought that aspect of it. Again, it was just, I love the uniqueness that he brought to, like, what could have been just another generic bio-war pick. Totally. Uh, bad movie for people if you're claustrophobic or scared of drowning. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. That there was a lot of scenes of that, which were pretty freaky. If you're nervous in those situations, I, you know, as much as I love this movie, I don't know if it's the one that's going to resonate with me long-term with, for Nolan, you know, it just cause it was a great movie in itself, but like, I don't know if I connected to any of the characters, if that. Yeah. And I think that was probably, probably the point. Right? I mean, we never got like, like Tay was saying, there's no like exposition. We don't dive into anyone's past. There's no flashbacks to like people before the war. Like again, like you could have easily like that. That's just how war stories are told, right? Um, you know, you get a character that you can hold on to, and you're kind of experiencing the war be- with that character. But in this, he just places you in, and you're just experiencing it for yourself, not necessarily getting behind. And you know, I love how it gives you like the the infantry, the plane. And the civilian, all just different sides to it. And yeah, like it, it probably won't like resonate as much with some people that need that character driven film to really latch onto it. But mm-hmm. um, I think it pays off what Nolan did. The guy knows what he's doing. I'm excited to see what his next project is. Do you guys know? I don't know anything. No, I actually just looked on IMDb. There's nothing, uh, at least in the director's chair. I know he's writing the. Or no, actually, no, he's not writing. It just It's crediting him for the remake of Memento. Oh, okay. For writing the original, which I don't know what the hell they're doing with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, so far, he doesn't say that he's directing anything right now, so <sighs> I don't know. Another thing to love about always him. Always curious, though. He's never just going to just do something. He always has a purpose yeah. behind what his next move is. So Exactly. It's good for us. All right. And, and then they'll round out the summer. The movie that I think was easily the most under the radar for me, for sure. I don't know about you guys. The Big Sick. I heard about this first from Morris. Dude, how great was that movie? Fantastic. My goodness. Probably, if if, if it comes down to it, it might be like my favorite of the summer. I could agree with that. Um, because I think it's going to be the most rewatchable of yes. the summer. It's going to be the one that I'm going to want to sit down. And, I've already seen it twice. Um, almost saw it a third time because my wife loves it as well, and so every time, like, if we're looking to go to a movie and it's like, oh, it's still playing, like, yeah, why not? And it was honestly the second time; it was even better, which I wasn't really expecting. But really, it was definitely better a second time around. Yeah, for a comedy, I think that's hard to say. That makes me happy. Tade, have you you saw it, right? Yeah, I just saw it a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought it was refreshing. It was a good comedy. It's it's something that you can watch with your your girlfriend or your wife, and like it's and everyone will will like it. It's like 
I I thought it was a good comedy. Now, was it so good because of how authentic it was? I mean, it it was an extremely personal project for him. Uh, yeah. For Kumail nu- Nuanji, excuse me. I know I'm not going to say his last name right. Um, <laughs> just just a phenomenal take, though. I mean, everything he did, I thought from the comedy bits to the emotional bits, like he just hit every note the way you kind of would yep. hope for in that kind of a movie. Yeah, I think it, it is. It does play like what you said. I think the authenticity of it is what makes it so good. Like it, none of it felt slapstick. No, none of it. None of it felt fake. Like, and when it has to, if it's trying to hit a comedic moment in like a serious time, it, it hits it. If it's trying to do the opposite, um, you know, trying to be serious when, you know, these are funny people and like you're watching a movie, like you feel it. Like every you like do. touching moment, you know, I felt touched every time I was supposed to laugh. I laughed like it was. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was just a really for for a personal project and for a comedy and I guess a romantic comedy. Definitely. Sense. Absolutely. Um, it's got to be the best one I've ever seen because generally a romantic comedy is going to be like, you know, let's pass, let's pass the time. Let's throw in a movie. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, I don't know how you'd explain it, but just like, you know, you're right. Like the proposal, like that's just the romantic comedy <laughs> you're going to throw away. We've, we like, watched that like past the time. a month ago. That's so funny. You brought that one up, but absolutely. <laughs> you're like, you're amused. You're not like unsatisfied, but you know, all the notes, you know, it's like a sing along. Yeah, exactly. You're like, eh. This is where they fight. Okay. This is where yeah, we laugh. And it's entertaining. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. Big Sick was just so much more than that. Like, I just felt like it just hit home it hit so me. much more than just like, yeah, I liked it a lot. That scene in the cafeteria, the 9-11 scene, I, oh. I chuckle usually when I watch movies. I'm not like a like laugh out loud cry type of person. I was crying, laughing. Just the timing <laughs> of that felt so real. Like if you were to like play that scene out with real people and it was to actually be funny, that's like what it would have been to me. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. I think you're totally right. Well, and, and big shout out to Ray Romano. Killing it. He was killing so, it. So good, at it, dude. He was such a great character. Like I I made me want. I wish he would be in more things. Um, but maybe, you know, it's better to just kind of have him when we have him because he yep. was so good in this movie. I I haven't laughed. I thought his character. Did that part where great. they're they're talking in Camille's room, like when he stays at his yes. apartment? That's, that <laughs> yeah. scene is awesome. So good. Yes. So good. Well, big, th- big, big, big praise for that. You know what, Morris? I concur. I would think the movie that's probably going to stick with me the most is probably The Big Sick. From the emotional level to the comedic level, it just hit all the notes. It was just yeah. phenomenal. Good for us, man. Loved it. Seeing good movies. All right. Well, that's the summer, I think, for at least a summer worth talking about. You missed a ghost story. Um, oh, yeah. It, now, that has been run for a little bit, right? Wasn't that an indie, like a film fest movie first? Yeah, it was Sundance. Sundance, film. okay. Uh, and it was picked up from Sundance, yeah. Okay. You guys saw that. I haven't. That's with uh, Casey Affleck or? Yeah, and Rooney Mara. Okay. Um, do you want to give a quick synopsis? This one's a little off the beaten path, I think, for most people. Tay? Uh, yeah. Or... Tay, you want to take it? Yeah, so so it's about a, a couple, and Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara, and Casey Affleck, Affleck, <laughs> he, uh, he dies at the beginning of the movie, and he, he comes back as a ghost, and the way they depict that is he wears a bed sheet over his head, and... <laughs> 
he kind of just watches. We see life through what a ghost would see, basically, for an hour and a half. So, like, he can go haunt wherever he wants. Um, so that's that's kind of what the movie is. It's really just an hour and a half of Casey Affleck haunting his wife. <laughs> now, is this done nuanced in like a comedic way, or like oh no, is it's it more a drama? It's a drama, and it's 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 got that artsy feel to it. Uh huh. So there's there's one scene of Rooney Mara eating pie eight minutes straight in the the camera doesn't leave her and she eats that whole pie and it's the most uncomfortable scene I've ever experienced in my entire life. Hands down. Really? Yes. It's very uncomfortable because, because it, it's yeah. beyond awkward silence. It's to the point where I'm going to kill myself. If I, I, I can't keep doing this. It's like it's, you lose all sense of time. I felt, is she eating the pie in a, in a civilized way? No. Or is it like, it, disgusting. She's got like, the whole pan, and she's just eating it with like a spoon, just shoveling it. Oh, wow! All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've actually heard about this I, scene before you told me, but yeah, yeah. And like going along, so yeah, like Casey Affleck. Oh, this this movie, I love this movie so much, um, and I I can't exactly pinpoint as to why. Like again, I saw this one twice. Um, and you, I think you could get a little more out of it a second time. It's just one of those movies that's going to be open for interpretation um, because it is, like you said, it is a very artsy, you can get a lot of the artsy elements out of it. Um, a lot of long takes, a lot of slow moving. Uh, there's really no music in it except for the parts where like the characters are actually listening to music. Um, and so, yeah, like that whole pie scene, like it's cause that scene happens supposedly after she gets back from the funeral, you don't ever see the funeral or anything like that. And, uh, and you just see Casey Affleck kind of in the background, just in his ghost sheet. Cause no one can see him. Um, that's just how we're supposed to see him. And she just eats this pie. And I think it's like uncomfortable because like, we're not supposed to be there. Like, it's like a moment of grief. People just eating their feelings, like is it's as real as it gets and like you're not like us as an audience like we feel like we shouldn't be there in that room like we normally wouldn't be in someone's grief you know and like watching them do something like that like it's yeah i would definitely say it's up there in one of the most like uncomfortable scenes to watch but like in the sense that you just don't feel like you're supposed to be watching what you're watching like be there with that person yeah, what I I love that movie because it was such like talk about a break in franchises and you know redone properties. Like this was probably the most original film I saw this year, um, and I just think it's going to be one that I'm probably going to buy and um, yeah for future viewings. Like just open for interpretation. I think it's actually like an hour and twenty minutes, and so it's really not that long to sit through. But yeah, for those who like don't need like a solid, straightforward story, I mean, it is it is like a, a narrative, like you can follow it, but it's just going to be a lot of it's going to be open up for interpretation. I think. Huh. I'll have I, to, I like it a lot. I'll have to sneak that one in then. It's I, just for the pie alone. Obviously, it seems like I just want to see how I handle that moment. It seems like Taylor isn't good yeah. with just watching people well, eat. Like, I, which... I, I feel like you'd it lose its uncomfortability at home. Like if you got distracted, right? Like if you pulled out your phone and like 
Oh, yeah. Because yeah. in a theater, it's dead silent, and there's other people. Yeah, and you're you're glued yeah. to the screen, and you have nothing yeah. else to do. That's my pet peeve with my wife whenever we're watching a movie, uh, especially like a tense movie. It's like the, the, the way to hide yourself from the moment is to distract yourself. Right. Yeah. I'm like, no, put that phone away. <laughs> this is the part where you get freaked out. All right. Keep an eye on this. You know, it's like, nope, nope, nope. Hiding. I'm going to the covers. We're going to experience this. <laughs> right. We're going to, we're going to say this. We're going to have a moment. Okay. All right. Well, that's the summer. I liked it. I give it a, a thumb and a half, like a, like a thumb up and one to the side, not two. That'd be really hard to do, but a thumb up and one to the well, side. It was I good. liked it. That, that rounded out the summer. Some, but that was uh, September. I know. I know. I I think we're gonna talk about it still. Oh. I got you, Bill. Okay. Come on. <laughs> I'm a host here, dude. I got you. You're getting you're getting anxious. I know. All right. Taylor is obviously still a little nervous from seeing it. He needs to talk about it. Tay, you historically are scared of scary movies. How was it for you? Well, so I've told everyone. October is my, my scary movie month. When I was a kid, I was a total pansy, and I couldn't watch horror. So in my adult years, I've decided to desensitize myself to horror. So I watch <laughs> a shit ton of horror films every October, and only in October. And so I don't really get scared anymore. And except for, there's one exception, I'm still afraid of clowns. <laughs> um, I've always been afraid of clowns. Ooh. And so I was a little nervous about going to see it. Um, it wasn't as scary as I expected. If I had to compare that to a movie I'd seen historically, it would be Super 8. It was very similar to Super 8, if you guys remember when that came out. It was like... Except not shitty, because Super 8 is oh, shitty. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the, the plot, the plot is very similar to Super 8. Um... Well, it's similar to any kids trying to solve a mystery. No, but the super, that's, I mean, super that's eight the specifically because kids go missing. <laughs> kids are going missing in Super Eight, and there's a monster underneath the town. So it's like actually very similar. Okay, but anyway, all right. I thought it was fun. I thought the kids had good chemistry, and I thought it was a good a good uh, remake of it. Morris, hot take. Yeah. Um... Again, like I was, it, it was really tense in the theater. wasn't necessarily like one of the scarier movies I've ever seen. I mean, one of the the detriments to it was the CGI at parts. Yes. Again, like I'm like I wasn't scared when like his mouth opens. I'm just, I'm just like this looks so fake. It did. Like even especially in like the character and the painting, very fake. Like the CGI, they like come on, fork out a few extra hundred thousand for some. They had a big like, budget, real... man. Like I don't know why they didn't. Yeah. Cause... Huge budget, and like it, it really would have helped the film out in that. Hey, Georgie, float, pop, popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he was Bill Skarsgård was a great it, um, great character, and I thought this was a great kids movie. Kids like, movie. Uh, <laughs> great for a, your kids. Bring it's your not kids like a, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it was the same. Like Spider Man, like was a great high school film, but it suffered on the superhero. I felt like this was a great. Like all these kids had great chemistry. I was laughing more than I was scared of this oh, movie. And I, it's not yeah, a bad thing. No, like, I thought this movie was hilarious. I was laughing at least 80 – it was 90-10 for me probably. Like, I, yeah. I honestly, I don't think I ever was scared watching this movie. And I just could not get enough of the, the boys' dialogue because the dialogue was so good for that age group, right? For that 12, oh, 13-year-old boy. 
It just took me back. Dude, just all they could talk about was their dicks. Just them spitting, yeah. spitting shit at each other. Yes. Dude, <laughs> the kid from Stranger Things who's kind of a pussy in Stranger Things is like – he lands those one-liners so well. I was dying. Some people didn't like it. Yeah. I thought he was hilarious. I thought just great. I thought they were good, but I, I was tired of his one-liners by the end of the movie. It was like overdone. I've, I just I thought that's, that's that wisecracking – kid we all know him the kid that just won't shut up you know like they don't have an off switch yeah. like that's what i i kept thinking <laughs> yeah, but, of. I was like that's the kid that just never but stops. i guess that's the character in the book he's supposed to be annoying so i guess it yeah. makes sense the kid acting i thought yeah. was good i thought the lead the lead boy with like his stutter and everything i thought was really believable they did great yeah. with the casting yeah like thumbs up for the casting for the just hitting all the comedic beats with it because the chemistry is what made that movie work. Right. Like if these kids didn't just seem believable, this movie would have failed big time. Oh, for but sure. Those kids really helped the film. And it's sad that we won't really see him again because the next one, they're going to be older, older, you know, they're going to cast the, some older people for those roles. So yeah. Well, yeah. great soundtrack too. I thought they had some good music. Oh yeah. Too. No, and they did some fun things with it. You kind of didn't expect I mean, going back to what you said, uh, Bill, well, it's with the the CGI, it just kind of it pulls you out the second you see it. Yeah, it does. And and with Bill Skarsgård, like he did a great like performance when he was talking. I thought like he did he was pretty creepy and like he he definitely kept like like the the thing he do with his eyes where it would look off in multiple directions. Like that was him. That wasn't CGI. So it's like props to you for being able to like kind of do the physicality of the role. But like most yeah. of it was him being CGI rendered, scaring the kids, you know. Yeah. And and that kind of pulls away from like what it could have been, you know, with more of him physically being in the scenes. But overall, it's definitely worth the watch. If you haven't seen it, this movie's fun. Go see it in the theaters. I think it's definitely worth your time to go watch it, just for the laughs, Agreed. the lulls alone, <laughs> make it worth it. Any other yeah takes on that on it? I think it's like a solid scary movie. Add it to the lexicon. You could pass around, yeah. scare your seven-year-old well, kid, it's, it's, you know, or whoever. It's not collection. just a horror film. I think it, it, it's got an actual story around it, right? Like it's not like a, it does. It's not like one of those garbage horror films where it's just generated to scare you. Like it's actually got a story behind it. So that was I'll be, I like that. And like you said, uh, Morris, like the execution of the second movie is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Because the tone in this was so great. It's like, how are they going to translate that with adults? And who are they going to cast to play the kids as adults? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's almost, it almost has to like be a completely different film because like all of that quippy, funny dialogue it won't essentially be there like in an adult. They're not going to be the same immature right. kids that they were in the first. And so, yeah, I'll be curious to see like, as far as that goes, what they're going to do with like the tone of, are they going to keep it like a funny movie? Or are they going to take it a step further and make it a more serious? Like, I don't know. I'm curious and I'll, I'll go see Same. it. Cause I, I thought the first one was really good. So Taylor, what were your potential castings you were hoping for, for the boys? Uh, the I want the lead to be Toby. <laughs> yes. Solid. Uh, good choice. I think, I think Ali, uh, a- a- not Ali, Amy Adams for, uh, What's her name? Beverly? 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 Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, that. Haley Jill Osmond for the fat kid. Nah. 
I say you go Chris Pratt, so he's ripped. Like he's gonna grow <laughs> oh, yeah. out of his Oh fat. yeah, he's he's ripped in the he's like like successful and is an adult. That's a that's yeah. a good one. Um, I thought yeah, I thought uh, John Boyega for uh, the black kid. I can't remember his okay. name. Um, who am I missing? Uh, of course you can. Surprise. <laughs> uh, Jay <laughs> Jay Baruchel for uh, Stranger Things kid. Oh, you really? I think he's got the right physicality for the like pretty consistent because he can still wear those Coke bottle glasses. Wait, who did you say? Jay Baruchel. Oh, who is he? Uh, what's he's in Man Seeking Woman? That guy. Oh, okay. All right. Hmm. All right. We'll think about it. You should submit this to the to the production to the director. Yeah, but. See if you can get this yeah. into Mainly, casting. I just want Toby to be in movies again. So <laughs> uh, he's still working, isn't he? Eh. I don't know what he's done lately. <laughs> Not really. He's a great he Gatsby. Was. That's the last thing I know of. No, that's so old though. And he was in this movie. I actually he was in a movie I actually really wanted to see. I didn't really get a wide release, but it was called Pawn Sacrifice. Hmm. Uh, it was about Bobby. He played Bobby Fisher in it. Uh, oh. It was supposed to be based around this tournament. Yeah, chess tournament they had, but I don't know. The movie looked really like I still I'm probably going to seek it out to watch it. I just never got a catch in theaters, but I think that came out like a year or two ago. Um, yeah, he hasn't really been in much lately. It's a damn shame. All right, well, Co- Toby, get working. All right, we need you. Okay, guys. So looking ahead, we got some big movies coming out in the next few months. Just like a quick overview, we got. Uh, Blade Runner coming out this next weekend. We got the Justice League in November. I think we got a Thor movie in November. And we got Star Wars for Christmas. Are you guys excited for any of these movies? Where are we at? What's the pulse? Um, uh, I'm excited for Blade Runner. Me too. Okay, can you guys sell me I... on Blade Runner? Because I saw the original and I didn't like it. I didn't. I guess I didn't get it, or I I just didn't like the way it looked. Um, I'm excited because right. it's Ryan Gosling, but I don't know if I could get into it if it's the same kind of story. I think the biggest reason you should be excited is because of who the director is. Okay. Uh, it's who's the director? It's Dennis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. However you say it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Like like Bill Mo said, so he did Sicario, Arrival. Um. Oh, okay. That guy's legit. And now he's doing. Blade Runner 2049. So, and and the music in the original Blade Runner it was badass, and I think they're going to agree. Kind of like develop on that. So, I think it'll have a really cool atmosphere to it. Yeah. Um, and I, I've seen, I've actually, I've read quite a few uh, just like kind of pre release critic reviews, and all of them are already kind of hyped about it and raving about it. And I, Honestly, based on Denis Villeneuve's like filmography up to this point, he hasn't made a bad film. Um, not even close to a bad film. Like, all, in fact, he hasn't made a film yet, in my opinion, that has not been great. Like, I think he's a great director, and I'll go see whatever he does. And I feel like he's going to bring a lot of like kind of what Nolan did to Dunkirk. I feel like he's going to be able to bring a lot of his uniqueness to to the Blade Runner franchise that will probably honestly work out better than if Ridley Scott were to take this one 
Um, yeah. Again, I honestly think it was a good move to not have really Scott come back and do it. Um, at least for having Denis Villeneuve's, uh, for having him in the director's chair, I think it's going to pay off. And as far as convincing you on the original, like that's a tough one to sell for if someone just straight up just doesn't like it. Um, because it's, it is kind of one of those films like where you kind of like it or you don't. Um, I, I don't, I'm not one, I'm not to like go up. I don't, I'm not going to go like buy a poster and like have a shirt of it. Like I don't, like I like Blade Runner and I own it and I, I'm probably going to rewatch it before the movie comes out. Um, but I think I recognize obviously more of its impact that it's had, if anything, as far as sci-fi yeah. movies have gone, but yeah, like as a film, it's not a perfect movie. Um, based on it, I think it's a really interesting concept. Uh, I like Harrison Ford. So well, it's. I think that movie bombed when it came out. Oh, it and did. It, it just came like a cult classic. Over over time, and it's. I actually read an article. It was pretty funny. So supposedly, every every uh, company that like had a product placement in the original Blade Runner has since like gone bankrupt. Wow! It's called like the the Blade Runner curse. Like Atari sponsored it. Um, Oh, I can't remember. There was a couple of, there's a few other ones. I can't, I just had them on the top of my head. They're like, dead all for these a reason. companies like sponsored it. Yeah. And they're all like, they all failed like bankrupt. They call it the, the Blade Runner curse. I thought it was pretty interesting. Hmm. Like, it's just interesting. Like how it much bigger and better it's come since it first came out. And it makes you think like, I wonder what movies like that, that we see today would, would are going to be like that in the future. Like, are there any yeah. movies that, like, in our generation that we've seen that were just complete, like, garbage? But then, who knows, like, 20 years from now, people are just going to be like, holy shit, this is a masterpiece. And look at the impact it's had on our culture. And I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, High School Musical or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> dude, I've got a poster in my room of that, dude. Zach Efron, come on. Uh, yeah, I. it's really hard to tell anymore. And culturally... I don't know if it's just like we're just so inundated with stuff. It's really hard to make an impact, you know, like I mean, like how many TV shows do you need to watch right now that you haven't gotten to yet? Uh, yeah. That alone, you know, like there's just it's just a cycle, you know, with Blade Runner. it When I watched it, I was so excited because I was like, oh, people love this movie. It's Harrison Ford. It's this sci-fi masterpiece. It's Ridley Scott. Ridley yeah. Scott. And I saw this back when I was probably like 17 or 18. And I watched the movie, and I was just like so like disappointed. I was like, "This is the movie everybody loves so much." Like, I just like I guess it, I didn't get it. You know what's funny um, is, I think Ridley Scott's overrated, in my opinion. I do too. Like, I, I think he he designs these amazing worlds, but as far as like story and plot, a lot of his movies are shit. <laughs> exactly, because I watched Blade Runner and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this concept is so amazing." Like with the what do they call them Decepticons or whatever <laughs> replicants whatever <laughs> replicants and stuff like I was like oh this is a great concept and then like the execution I was like ugh this is sad like they could have done more with it so yeah I I would have to agree with you Taylor at least by what I've seen of Ridley Scott I mean I heard Pro Anywho. I heard Prometheus wasn't good I heard Alien Covenant wasn't great like but he Prometheus was awesome I I'll, okay I'll defend a lot of people hate on Prometheus um yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Eh, expectations. People all expect different things when they see movies, so. But yeah, like, I don't know that, like, his, Ridley Scott's name holds up. 
you know, like his, like, yeah, he's a household name and like, I'm on it. I'm generally curious about what he's doing next. And like, if I see his name on a poster, like, yeah, I'm going to be interested in it. But like, yeah, as far as like his work, he's kind of been hit and miss. He's had some, like the Martian was such a great movie. Love the Martian. Um, yeah, like he's created some awesome properties with like Alien. Um, you know, he made American Gangster was really good. Matchstick Man, Gladiator. Like, but then you go through, you, if you kind of scroll through his filmography, like there is some like stuff I've never even heard of. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. It might... So I don't know how well his name holds up over time, but he does have some good, good films in his filmography. Well, between the director, which I think I did actually know that about, it was the director from Sicario doing this one, and Gosling, freaking Ryan Gosling hasn't been in a bad movie for a while. Like, I feel like for the most Dude, part, he's, he's just been doing projects that he wants to do, and so the fact that he's willing to do this kind of big franchise movie makes me think he saw something, he saw something in the in the script or in their direction that made it interesting. And he's got Jared Leno being weird, so... Uh, maybe it's going to be a perfect storm and it's going to be just a kick-ass movie. We sounds like it has potential. Yeah. I, I can't agree more about Gosling, dude. The guy's on fire. Really is. Like, he has not d- done a bad movie in the last like 10 years that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Like, Jill and Hall is, com- is comparable in that way. Like, oh yeah. They're both actors that are just kind of doing whatever they want. Um, and they make specific choices and they go like all out in their roles. And yeah, like Hall's Stronger that just came out. I actually just saw that uh, two nights ago. I really liked it. Um, and it's sad to say, like, I think Hall will get nominated and I'm happy about it. Um, and I want him to get his Oscar. But it, I'm just, I'll always be sad that his Oscar might go to him being a, playing a real character like a biopic i would much rather see an actor like him in nightcrawler oh yes get an award for something that was original and not just like portraying someone else like it's 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 talented and it's incredible like even gosling he's gonna be playing neil armstrong in the next uh in one of his next movies so like seems like some of these actors like gyllenhaal and gosling have done all these original choices and then they're kind of oh let's do a biopic and maybe get an oscar you know or something like that so i don't know but that was just kind of a side rant but, no you um, know and i was gonna say why is it that you have to play a real person generally to win an oscar like it's got to yeah, be based on a real person There's, those always win you're right you're absolutely right and i've noticed it since you brought it up to me over the last few years but you look back it's always somebody reinterpreting something that already happened in real life and their like take on it right yeah. Why can't it go to it's, an original character? That was the biggest upset about, in my opinion, the year 2014. So Birdman, Keaton should have taken that because he was the only character that was nominated that year that was playing someone original. He wasn't. Yeah. And I think that's so much more impressive to like be a captivating character, not having any source material to do that, like to base that off. Instead, you have gay ass Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> take the oscar from him like <laughs> playing stephen hawking's and i'm just like dude like uh, just so frustrating uh, yeah well i guess casey affleck won last year uh yeah that was refreshing which was good and totally deserved it but it's just like leo's like revenant character 
you know, that was essentially like weak field versus like, well, we missed you on some others, so here's your Oscar. Uh, he's had so much better performances is the sad thing about him winning the record. Well, how forgettable is that movie? So forgettable, dude. Like, it's. Uh, I think I forgot it the second I walked out. Tay and I saw that together. Yeah. And we were like, if they would have had that, like, besides that opening fight scene, which was like a, a awesome single track like Indians versus trappers people like that was cool. And then the rest of it was just like, what are we doing? What, why was this movie made just to let Leo go suffer out in Canada for a month? Like, I don't, I didn't get it, I guess. Oh, it was frustrating. It's frustrating. Cause Tom Hardy was the best part. Absolutely. Definitely. Down. His character was way more interesting than Leo's character. Leo was just running yeah. around. <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, yeah, we can get going on the Oscar talk, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's coming do up. Do you think that, uh, John Hall will be nominated for, I think for sure he'll be nominated. Do you think he has enough to get it from his stronger performance? Um, I do. I mean, did any of you guys, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Um, I, I do. He was incredible. Um, honestly, another like mind blowingly, almost like distracting thing was how they did the the legs. Yes, because he has legs like, still. CGI. Like, how do they do that? Yeah, dude, it's 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 on again. It's almost distracting, like how real it looks and how well he portrays that. Like he, it's a lot of great physical acting on his part. Um, he gets like he has a Boston accent in it. I I mean I can't say I know what an authentic one is, but it sounded legit. Um, yeah, I mean, he was Gyllenhaal. I mean, he did, he was great. I think he really sold all of his parts. It was a very emotional movie. Um, I got a little choked up in it. Not gonna lie. There's some scenes in there that really do, he does help drive home. Um, and I, and not even just him, all of the people in it really sell, help sell the movie. Like, all their performances were authentic. Um, like his girlfriend, whoever played his girlfriend, I can't even think of her name, but she, could be nominated too. Like she was excellent, but dang, yeah, it's a very different. It was a more different movie. I never saw Patriots Day. I neither. The Mark Wahlberg one. Um, did you see it, Tay? No, I I didn't. I guess they're they're kind of similar, but from what I've heard, well, it's the same event, yeah, like, right? The bombing yeah. of the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's surrounding the same event. The only difference is. Well, I think Patriot State explores like the process of how they found this FBI guy. That whole thing is completely like secondhand in the story. Right. Like this is all like Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Like obviously, there's the scene where he helps identify the bomber, and then that's it. Like it never worries about like that whole aspect of it. It's all just dealing with him, like dealing with all this new attention and like his personal life. Like it's a very personal struggle of like what it means to be a hero and like how do you deal with that like how an average person deals with that and like all this new attention that like he basically you know he got injured and identified the bomber that's all he's done you know he hasn't like you know but the film kind of helps explore that side of it and yeah it was very emotional like it's not necessarily a movie i'm going to run out and see again but very noteworthy performance and i hope jake gets it this year so well, hands up to Jake because I, I just watched him in Nocturnal Animals finally, and oh. you guys like I know you talked about that in previous pods. My goodness, the guy can act, man. He just brings you into any role he's in. You're just like mesmerized, 
and I go back like for sure Nightcrawler. Like he should have won something for that role because that guy oh, is a freaking real so guy running around L.A. right now. Like I'm I'm convinced that's a real person because he he was so into that role. I it I don't know the lines of reality anymore. But yeah, he even said on uh, he was on Bill Simmons podcast. He even said like that was one of the characters that was like hard to shake. Yeah, like he said he still like feels a little bit of Lou Bloom in him. I'm like that is so dope. That's something. Like, That's uh, something, dude. Like, creepy. It's freaking creepy. It's awesome though. Okay. Uh, love you, Jake. Love you, Jake. Good luck, <laughs> bud. We hope you win. Come on our pod. <laughs> Listen to our podcast and talk. I to know. Us. <laughs> Could you imagine how long that podcast would be? We'd just like handcuff them. Oh, It'd be like prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're going to talk to us. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Belma, I need to have you tell me about Ben Affleck and uh, Justice League slash his Batman. What's going on? Give me the source of truth here because I read rumors and headlines all the time. Is he, oh, he going to keep doing this or is he out? What's the deal? It's still there's no solid ground for it because first you get the rumors right that he's out because yeah. Matt Reeves is taking over which is a huge plus I'm so glad that Matt Reeves is gonna kind of take helm and rewrite the script whatever uh-huh. I think I trust him but as far as Affleck goes like that's always kind of been up in the air and then it, he goes on Comic Con and and I can see them doing this for to not hurt the publicity for Justice League. How he comes out and he says, you know, Batman is like the coolest character, is such a badass, like I'm the luckiest guy in the world to play him. I'll play Batman, you know, in whenever I have the opportunity. I'm like, Great, so he's in. Like that means he's he's gonna be Batman. But then you get like comments from like Casey Affleck had an interview that basically said, uh, I don't think he's gonna do that movie. Um so like there's just so many contradicting I guess opinions and theories. We're just gonna have to kinda wait and see. He's still on the list. It's on IMDb is being cast. So, and I hope that's the truth, because I think honestly he and Matt Reeves and could make possibly the best Batman movie ever. Like, because I just Tall think Matt order. Reeves' vision, dude. I just think Matt Reeves. I think his vision that he's gonna have for it is he wants to do like a noir take on it. Yeah. Which I think is oh, because like Batman Mask of the Phantasm is is probably like top. Yeah three best Batman movies today. Uh-huh. And and I hope it has like a similar feel to that. But I think Affleck I would welcome What, what has Matt Reeves done? Um, so he did he's done the last two Planet of the Apes movies. Um those are like Yeah, I think those are the latest movies he's done. I don't think he's done anything in between that. Um let me think what was the other movie he directed? Uh he did that Let Me In that was the uh. Okay. Remake of the Let the Right One. Well, in. it sounds like he's he's like a ba- actual Batman fan from kind of how you're talking about. Oh yeah, like he's taking this seriously. Like he's gonna help with the script, um, big time. I think that's because there's nothing on. worse than when you have somebody who's not a fan of the source material try to make a movie about it. Uh, that happens yeah. all the time. Like, well, look at Green Lantern, dude. I mean that. <laughs> yeah, the script was terrible to begin with in that movie. But like Mark Campbell is a great director. Like he did the Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. He did Goldeneye with Pierce Brosnan. He's done some awesome movies. He did the Mask of Zorro, mm. and then he does Green Lantern, and it's just total <laughs> shit. And it's like, well, I guarantee he's like never read a Green Lantern comic in his life. Like, 
it just totally seemed like a big studio saying, hey, let's get a good director to throw him this script and see what he can do. With Definitely. It. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm pushing for Affleck in the new Batman uh, movie, but as far as Justice League, I'm still on board. I'm still, like, looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to see it. Not going in, like, with my expectations, ready to be blown away, but I'm optimistic because Wonder Woman was really good. Um, yeah. And I still think Affleck has got it. I'm like, I'm just, I'm excited to just see more of Affleck in Batman. You yeah. know, like, as Batman. We need some more airtime. Because I wanted to see more of it. Yep. You're right. I'm going to see it. I love the Justice League animated cartoon from the 2000s. I, I mean, oh, man. I'm bummed Green Lantern act actually isn't in this Justice League interpretation. I thought that would have been fun yeah. to have him because he was one of my favorites from the original. But, I mean, come on. I just want to see Batman yeah. being fucking Batman and just kicking ass. Exactly. And just, like, being the smartest guy in the room with these, like, complete, you know, physical, you know, extraordinary people with him all the time. That's that's where he can really shine. And so I'm hoping he brings that to the table in this movie. But I agree. Um, all right. We'll table but, some of the it, other it's movies sad because it seems like Let, kind of a oh, mess too. Sorry. What was that? Sorry. We cut, but go ahead. Hey, <laughs> hello. Oh, I can't. I couldn't hear anyone. Oh, Tay, you're gonna have to cut this out. Oh, we're still good. <laughs> we're still good. <laughs> I was waiting for you to talk. Are you, um, are you there? I don't even know what I was gonna. Say. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I'm hearing you. Not, all right, well, let's move on. Oh damn! All right, <laughs> not important. All right, table on that. We're gonna talk about a few debates real quick. Are we good with that, or is there any other movies you want to hit, Bill, before we move on? Uh, Last no. Jedi. Okay. How do we not talk about that? We'll save I'm, that. I'm we'll in a pickle that. here, guys. Um, uh, so my 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 boy. <laughs> this will be real quick. My my boycott's still going strong. Um, I haven't watched any Disney movies this year. You I saw didn't. Beauty and the Beast. I did not. Oh my gosh, that movie's shit. I watched that this week with my wife. Oh my god. Anyway, gosh. anyway. Oh my god. Star gosh. Wars comes out December fifteenth, and my girlfriend is a huge. Star Wars fan, and I've told her about this boycott, and she's she, all, all of them. What all the Star Wars? She's a big fan Movies of all of them. She's yeah. fan of, um, oh my god! And she might break up with me if I don't see this movie with her. So I, I don't know what to do. I don't know who's more important. Do you want to see it on this podcast or not, dude? I mean, you made a promise to our listeners. Yeah, dude. You're I know. Yeah. I told her. I told her. Let's wait till January, because then the boycotts <laughs> boycotts over. But I don't know if that's gonna fly. So I'm a little anxious about what's gonna happen. But uh, wait, isn't it that you won't pay for it? It was, or is it you won't see it? Well, it was. I didn't want to give them my support, so I didn't want someone to pay for it. Yeah, I didn't want Disney to get any more money from me. So this is what you you should do. You should just sneak into the movie theater. <laughs> <Hey>? <laughs> There you go. Yeah. And then when you leave, give the movie theater like 50% of what you would have paid. And that way, they exactly. keep their money they would have made off you, but Disney doesn't get their cut. What do you think? That that could huh? work. Huh? There's a Yeah. Go buy <laughs> yeah. some concessions. There you go. You know? Okay. All right. That All right. We yeah, good? We're good. 
<laughs> I'm not even gonna try and dive into Star Wars today. We've we've already gone on about a, like a hundred movies anyway. So we'll we'll do our debate for the listeners. We're gonna do a new segment. We have a few genres, five to be exact, of types of movies, uh, very well known movies for the most part, and we're gonna debate them rapid fire. Uh, two of us will debate for each one of them, and then the person that's not debating will moderate and then give a point at the end. So we'll do this as quickly as possible. To start us off, we're going to do comedy. Taylor and I are both going to be debating Hot Rod versus Anchorman, and Morris will be our moderator. Tay, why is Anchorman better than Hot Rod? Go. Anchorman brought back the idea of a major... He, it brought comedy into the main light, and it was such a huge movie. It was the first movie between with uh, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. It was a mega hit. It's hilarious. It's the most quotable comedy of the past twenty years, and it's it's a great film. It's it's the best. It's one of the best comedies ever, and it, it still holds up today. I don't feel like Hot Rod holds up as well as Anchorman does. All right. Well, that's a lie. Hot Rod does hold up. I just watched it. I'm going to give you a reason why Hot Rod is better than Anchorman. Anchorman 2. Anchorman 2 was an abortion <laughs> of a movie. And they took jokes that were funny from Anchorman and destroyed them and killed them. And they are completely gone now from the earth. The whole part with Brick is gone now. We lost it because of Anchorman 2. So that leaves us with Hot Rod. Andy Samberg and the gang. We got Danny McBride. Come on, dude. They're hilarious. Bill Hader. The whole gang is together just making us laugh. He's doing stunts that are hilarious. The quotes are still there. Everyone still says, uh, good night, Denise. You look pretty. What was that? Oh, you look shitty. Good night. Come on. That line still exists. We got a million things. What? What way? Hot rod, dude. It's lasting. You're going to show it to your kids in 15, 20 years, and they're going to laugh their asses off when they see that movie. Anchorman, it'll have a place in our hearts, but hot rod. It's going to last, dude. It's better. Morris. Damn. Pretty good arguments uh, for both sides. Um, I liked, I think the biggest weakness like that uh, that Wesker was able to, to pull out of that was Anchorman 2, the sequel. It was a big detriment. I know that doesn't that doesn't say anything about the original movie, but I don't know. Unfortunate, it's unfortunate when things like that, like Dumb and Dumber 2, come out. They do kind of have that on the effect on the original. Like, I'm not I'm going to appreciate the original just as much as I would um, without the sequel, but I think um, Hot Rod is going to be one to show your kids. Um, it's going to be remembered. I think it's going to be one of those cult classics. Yes. Like Anchorman's going to be like, you know, the Dumb and Dumber. Like everyone knows what that is. That's not. But like Hot Rod, not everyone's seen that movie, and I think it's kind of a hidden gem of a flick. I think that kind of works towards its um, benefit. So win for Hot Rod. I'm going to go win for Hot Rod. Yes. Suck it, bitch. <laughs> Take it, Tay. <laughs> All right. Good try. Good try. All right. On to the next franchise. So th- you're going to debate two franchises. <laughs> this one's going to be hard. Um, Taylor <laughs> Taylor is going to defend Harry Potter. And Will is going to defend the Fast and Furious franchise. We will – surely you guys haven't probably seen all of these movies. But as a whole, debate why they might be better than the other. Will, you can start us off on this one. First argument I can make for Fast and Furious is um, 
it's got the originality to it. It's not based off of any original properties. So like if I, you know, I have to kind of take it for what it is. I can't say, oh, but at least I have the book. Oh, like it didn't have, I don't have those like kind of contradicting thoughts to it. I can just kind of take it for what it's trying to be. And that's essentially what you have to do with Fast and Furious. I'm not the biggest, you know, fan of the franchise itself um, or Harry Potter for that matter. But I think a lot of what Fast and Furious can bring to what a lot of people can relate to is, um, you know, like the Paul Walker, Vin Diesel relationship, uh, having that best friend, having the, you know, the, the theme of family, everyone can get behind those themes and enjoy a, a great action film in any of these films. I mean, they're all action based. They all have that essential element to it. I think except the third one, which does not have Paul <laughs> Walker and Vin Diesel in it, but, um, the franchise as a whole, I think, can do that for you. And I don't think Harry Potter can really do that. I think it's going to cause a lot of problems for fans and for people that haven't read the book. I think what, you know they have no reason to be invested in a couple of shitty characters waving wands around. <laughs> All right, Tay. Well, first off, Fast and Furious is just a rip-off of Point Break. So I will, I'll, I'll leave that, throw that out there. But Harry Potter is something that everyone's familiar with. Everyone grew up reading the books. It's got this nostalgic feel and way more rewatch value than Fast and the Furious, in my opinion. And in growing up, everyone remembers going to see Harry Potter at some point, the new Harry Potter movie. Um, You see the kids grow up. Um, For those of us who grew up around the same time as the characters, it's, it's like the movies almost feel like you're age. They're aging too. Like they're going through like, growing pains right like the third one is my least favorite which is a lot of people's favorite um but i i don't like it i don't like the style but that's the thing is each harry potter movie has a different style it's got something you can connect with the attention to detail in the world they created the sets i've been in the warner brothers lot and they have all those props and it is amazing the amount of work and effort that went into it um so i think as a franchise harry potter is uh, one of the best we've seen, and I hope it's not remade for a long time. All right. Well, I have to agree with Will on the fact that it is like Fast and Furious is a little more original. The Paul Walker Vin Diesel thing worked at the beginning pretty well. Um, but I think Harry Potter holds out in this. You know, he had a stacked deck against you. Sorry, Bilmo, on this one, but uh, that you just grow up with the characters. They, as shitty as some parts of the movie are, it becomes kind of endearing watching the Harry Potter world develop. Whereas the Fast and Furious world, like they come together and then it's like the next movie's like a cash grab. So I think long term, Harry Potter will be more endearing to fans than probably Fast. So, Tay, you get this Woo. one. But only because I think Fast Furious is shit <laughs> and Morris is getting screwed by that, having to defend that I franchise. Think both these franchises <laughs> are shit, so. <laughs> I have to agree. Like besides Harry Potter four, I think they're all <laughs> shit. The Harry Potter movies, they're just terrible. Four is the last one I saw I think, of the Harry Potters. It, the only reason four is better is oh. because the plot is the best one they have for the whole thing. Like for a movie to be made, it makes the most sense as a movie because mm. it's like a tournament. Well, the other ones is just like whatever random shit the book talked about. So, okay, all right. Next up, Ooh, we're gonna get spooky, Tay. You're the spooky guy, so you get to moderate this one. Yep. Um, the Ring versus The Conjuring. 
I'm going to take the ring. Will is going to take the conjuring. All right, I'll start. So the ring came out in the early 2000s. Naomi Watts. And boy, was this marketed to perfection. This movie was shown everywhere, all over TV. And holy cow, I was scared just from the trailer. When I finally saw the movie, it just kind of haunts you for days to come. It's really creepy. It has a really dark tone the whole time. It's it's shot in Seattle, and it or at least it takes place in Seattle, and it's raining the entire time. There's horses getting pi- killed. There's people getting electrocuted in bathtubs. And worst of all, they have this creepy-ass VHS tape they found out in the middle of the woods that is genuinely disturbing. Just that movie in itself within the movie is super creepy, let alone the fact that blank TV screens could have evil demonic girls pop out and kill you at any moment makes any TV or screen in your house that's black every day you see it after that is a little creepy after you watch that movie. So for me, The Ring r- works really well. It got kind of screwed up with the the sequels that came up after. The Ring 2 sucked and then everything else, whatever. But the whole thing with the seven days after you watch the movie and you get killed is something that's stuck culturally. People like it, and I think it's like really worked as a scary movie. All right. Um, I got to give you props on that because um, I'm not like a huge fan of it, but I do recognize like everyone recognizes it um, like seven days after you get a phone call kind of thing. And um, it's shot great by Gore Verbinski. Yeah. Um, I think it looks really good, but I think The Conjuring um, just goes so much further as far as being a more believable uh, horror story. Um, and it's that's why not only the way it's done and the way the story is told, is it scarier, but the elements itself. I just think the ring is a little bit because it's so far fetched and something that could not happen, and you don't really have to worry about happening. Um, kind of does work to its detriment. It doesn't leave me as scared afterward as something like The Conjuring, or you know stuff like that is known. There are stories um, of stuff of demonic things happening, and I think something being that much more relatable will have that much more of an effect. And I think The Conjuring is one of the greatest horror films to come out in the last. Well, I don't know, 20 years or so, or more than that. I mean, everyone just says decade or last 20 years. I can't think of... I just don't remember being as scared in a theater um, and, the, and experiencing The Conjuring, um, I think, my entire life, my, my lifetime. So, to that extent, I think The Conjuring is a much better horror film and I think should be remembered more just overall for being a better movie. This one's this one's tough for me because because they they came at different stages of my life. Um, the ring scared the shit out of me when I saw that, but so did the conjuring. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I watched you jump out of your seat watching the conjuring I, and scream something to the effect of, "Is this even real? Did this happen?" I, <laughs> While we're watching, I think it. since the conjuring is a is a timepiece, it's gonna hold up better. So then the ring, because the ring's kind of dated, even with the the fuzzy TV screens, because people don't really have those anymore. So I'm, I'm gonna go with the Conjuring, but it was close. The Conjuring is spooky as shit. It's a really, really well made movie. Yeah. yeah, definitely liked it. And I think you probably, you actually have a good point. It's true. Like the ring I saw when I was like 13 or yeah. something like that. You know, and I see I saw the Conjuring when I was like what 25 so like to have them both scare me at that age i think you know me being scared now is going to have a lot more of an effect than 
you know, me being scared when I was 13 years old about something. So I don't right. Know. The family dynamics in The Conjuring work really well. The Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's definitely a great movie. I just think, like, The Ring, it really was shot the way a scary movie like that should be. Like, it is dark the whole time. Like, there's no levity to yeah. it. So, it has its merit. But, all right. Moving on to action. So, this is a good one. So, we're going to take Daniel Craig... In his Bond franchise, so uh, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, what is it? What do we got? Uh, what's the other one? Skyfall. Skyfall and Spectre. Uh, Spectre. Right. Versus Matt Damon and his Bourne franchise, which I think is also four movies. Um, Born Identity, yep. Born Supremacy, uh, Born Ultimatum, and Ultimatum, and then Born. Born. <laughs> Just Born. <laughs> I think. Wow, there's like a perfect stinker to good movie ratio too as well for those. So, okay. So Tay, you're going to take uh, Daniel Craig and will, you're going to take Bourne. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. So Daniel Craig took the mantle from Pierce Brosnan and he brought a whole new level of physical imposition that Pierce Brosnan did not have. I did not believe that Pierce Brosnan could fight. I felt like he was kind of, he didn't like look the part of like a badass like action spy, but he had the charm. Daniel Craig was completely different. The dude was physically looked like he could kick your ass, and then he actually had the skills to back it up. And he was charming as hell. And I think he's the best Bond, probably since Sean Connery. Um, but I I think he looks the part more than Matt Damon does as a as an action star, and it's more believable. I just don't believe Matt Damon is a as a badass killer spy. So, but, but I, I love Daniel Craig in, in the, his bond series and his first opening fight scene in Casino Royale in Africa is one of the best. So I, I think Daniel Craig is, is a better action spy hero. Great. Okay. Um, I think everything you just said could be based off of, uh, Bourne's character. Uh, I think a lot of people's first gut reaction was like, wow, they finally made James Bond like Jason Bourne. They kind of took that aspect of Ooh. Bourne. Um, kind of the action, the, the, the style of it was definitely um, a, a lot of Bourne's style was adopted by um, Daniel Craig in the way that like, they're going to, they wanted to change Bond from the suave, you know, like the suave, like, slow moving just kind of sleek to this like badass action-packed hero and i think a lot of that was taken out of the born franchise because jason Bourne definitely brought that um aspect to his franchise like he's you know he knows exactly what to do in every situation and he's gonna hand he's gonna fight through it physically and as well as using his head he doesn't just have to use the physical force or his good looks to get everything that he needs to do he uses a lot of his head um and I think, you know, both franchises that they have, the fourth movie, both kind of showed, you know, the weakness of each character. I don't like Spectre and the last Bourne movie, I think are both equally bad. Um, I hated both those movies for the most part. Um, but as far as Jason Bourne goes, I don't think I ever saw Daniel Craig kill someone with a pen. Um, so that was pretty badass from first Bourne identity. Yeah, I just I think they're more rewatchable. Um, as films, not just like, oh, I want to watch a James Bond movie. It's like, I just want to watch a cool, 
thriller, like a good spy thriller. I don't, I don't really refer to the new Bonds as like a spy thriller. No, they're Bond movies, they're action movies. But I think the Born movie, the Born franchise, really makes for a good spy thriller and a really good movie. So, excellent. Well, thinking about both, I think I like them about the same. Both franchises, I probably remember the Bond franchise better than the Born franchise. But off what you've both told me, I think you you've got it, Morris, in being that Bourne kind of started the tone that the Bond movies like copied after. Um, I think Daniel Craig looks amazing. His physicality is phenomenal. He can wear a suit better than anybody. But as far as like an action movie goes, I think that the the Bourne franchise did a ton in the way it was filmed and the way that they approached like the conspiracy aspects and then like how they shot some of the scenes. It it was really compelling. So I think I'm going to go with Matt Damon on this one. But it's close, super yeah. close. All right. Yeah, I I love I I love Daniel Craig. Um, has a new. I think he is one of the better Bonds in the, the entire series. Um, and I think. Bringing that physical aspect to Bond did help that franchise reboot big time. Yeah, I, I love Casino Royale. I think that's a great movie. Um, and Skyfall is pretty good, too. I think too. Denis Villeneuve's so. going to film the next Bond movie, too. Or direct. Yeah. No. Dude, that's that what I, my friend just told me that. Go. So he's going to direct it with Daniel Craig. That'd be sick. All right. Yeah, he did sign on. so We'll have to see. Okay, let's finish this up, guys. Last debate, and this one is really tough for me. I'm going to be a part of it, but it's going to be tough. So drama, I'm calling these dramas. There Will Be Blood, Daniel Day-Lewis versus No Country for Old Men. I love both these movies, but I will be debating There Will Be Blood, and Will will take No Country for Old Men. Tay, who do you want to uh, go first? We'll let Will go first because you went first last time. Okay. All right. Um, no Country for Old Men. Um, I I don't even know where to begin. I mean, this is one of the greatest films to come out, um, most original as well. Um, in the last twenty years, I mean, when this film came out, I just don't think you you have a better villain than Javier Bardem's um, Sugar. Uh, what's his, what's his name? Anton Sugar. Antoine. And Anton Sugar, dude. I mean, one of the greatest villains in history, uh, in film history. He won the Oscar for it definitely deserved it um it's not your typical storytelling i mean it's you're kind of getting all aspects from um like woody harrelson's character you got antoine segura you got tommy lee jones who's tracking the whole crime scene going down then you got josh brolin kind of carrying each scene um carries it really well i just think this is a masterpiece of filmmaking from acting an acting perspective a directing perspective a storytelling perspective um, it's got everything. Um, it's it's definitely the Coen brothers' best work to date. I have no flaws with this film. Uh, yeah, it's I, I and I think a lot of people classify it as a neo noir type film. I mean, it's again, it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily have a happy ending. Um, kind of helps you help show you that you know things don't always work out the way you want them to, and I think that's. That it really drives that whole message home in a unique way. Yeah, I I'm not gonna say anything bad about No Country for Old Men because that movie is phenomenal. What I will say for There Will Be Blood though, is that this movie was is and was literally an epic. 
it was designed around Daniel Plainview, Daniel Day Lewis's character, and this person I am sure existed at one point in time. His performance alone, and his tenacity, and his hatred that he shows in every scene that he's in, is so intense it pierces me. When he walks into the room with Paul Dano, and stares him down, and and acts with him in, in their their the scenes where they're in conflict, it's so powerful. I can't get over how much time and detail went into creating this world that he lived in. I, and I think about the movie and it's really long. It's kind of meandering. I mean, there's no talking. I think there's zero dialogue for the first like 20 minutes, which is pretty jarring to a lot of people, but it builds up to this ending that is so perfect and so devastating that it's my favorite ending of any movie of all time. And I don't even want to like quote it or say it. Just go watch it. Because when you see that bowling alley and after he's done what he's done, it's it is it resonates with you in a way that I can't think of any movie really ever has. So I think for this performance alone and just kind of that the creation of that whole universe that that movie is, um, it, it will be remembered for a very, very long time. And just slightly more than the No Country for Old Men uh, movie. Just barely, though. Just just a hint more. That's all I got. Okay, well, so both films had actors that won Oscars for their performances. Um, I I think I'm going to give this... It's close. I'm going to give it to There Will Be Blood. Just because that movie... All right. That movie is one man carrying... <laughs> A movie, um, and it really is an epic, an epic film. I love No Country for Old Men. Don't get me wrong, but as far as Daniel Day Lewis, I think he's in close to every scene, if not every scene. What do you say? I think he might be in every scene. He might be. I no, actually, maybe not. I don't know, but almost every scene for sure. And there's just there's no there's no flaws in his performance at all, like. And I don't, I, I, it's close, but I'm going to give it to that. I'm, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dude, when, when, uh, Paul Dano makes him go to church and get baptized. Oh my gosh. That is one of the most tense scenes I can ever think of. Just like how, like, you know, he's going to pay for this later. You don't know when, you don't know how, but you know, he's going to pay for what he's doing to Daniel Day Lewis in that moment. It's phenomenal. Just phenomenal. That needs a rewatch for so, me. Uh, it's been a while. Dude, come to Chicago, dude. Yeah, we'll watch it right now. I need to I need to rewatch that one. Yeah, dude. You guys rewatch that and then report back. I want while well, we watch it and talk about it, because I, I just love it. All right, guys. We've put another behemoth of a podcast together. Bill Moore, is there any other movies you want to talk about before we, we uh sign Don't up? Open up that can of worms, dude. Just <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's actually one movie I, I do don't want him to talk feel about. I don't unserved. think any of you guys have seen it. Yep. No, because um, mostly because not only for a personal movie that I saw that I want to talk about, but it got a lot of heat and a lot of um, yeah, got a lot of attention. Is uh, Mother by Darren Aronofsky? I saw it. Any of you guys see I it? Did. Dude, um, what did you think? I thought it was a well-made movie. I I don't like Jennifer Lawrence though, so I had a real hard time with this movie. I like I even thought her performance was good. I just don't like looking at her um, on screen. 
And so I struggled and and there were some what the fuck moments in this in this movie. I don't know another word to describe it. Um I I saw it with with my girlfriend and she was like shaken up like a- afterwards. <laughs> Fun movie to see. Uh, again. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I saw it. So yeah, I saw it with my wife, um, and she kind of had the same reaction. She even leaned over to me at, at a scene. Uh, you probably know what I'm talking about uh, towards the end, and she's like, "I hate this movie." Like vocally and like audibly, just said, "I hate this movie." Like, why are we here? And I was just like, "Just watch, you know. Let's just keep. Like, I'm not gonna leave this. Like, I'm in it, and I want to finish it." And but the what was so interesting about this movie is one how original it is i mean it's up there with ghost story as far as like i have not seen another movie like this um and the allegory that it's doing i mean if you look at it from the perspective of being an allegory for like christianity and like the bible like it it is very very interesting and very compelling um the way it relates to that because once you started to kind of piece together a lot of the symbolism the movie, a lot of it starts to make sense and it just becomes a straight up allegory for Christianity, basically. And like Jennifer Lawrence is like Mother Earth. Javier Bardem is God. And how they can like, how Aronofsky could tell that story um, the way he did without ever having to like allude to it, like verbally or, you know, by exposition, it's literally all taken in by interpretation. And that's what I enjoyed about this movie is it, it at least offered something that I had to chew on afterward. Like I had to like digest it. I had to think about it. I had to like research the internet. What were people saying about it? Whatever. And I, and that's the kind of part of film that I love when you get a film that gets you talking. It's not just one that you can go see, go home and go to sleep and never think about it again. Um, and I, I appreciate that about Aronofsky and the, his willingness to really make a weird ass movie like that but actually means something like it's not just like hey here's like random artsy garbage bullshit for everyone to take in like it's it means something and it's up to you to kind of figure it out like and i yeah i really liked it in that aspect as far as like do i need to go out and see it again (laughs) probably not i mean it's pretty heavy towards the end of the movie it really gets insane and over the top but definitely gets the point across and yeah, from from like a filmmaking perspective, it's it's definitely something that's going to get you talking and thinking about it. So I like that about it. All right, well, I'll wait and see if it's ever on Netflix. That, that seems like a movie I'm not going <laughs> to just like go like I'm going to yeah, seek out. Yeah, it's not a movie I'd recommend if if I was. It, you, right, you recommend right. it to the but right like, person. Like you're not just going to like go to your casual movie. Like, Dude, you got to go see Mother. It's so good because I know like. I know they're not going to like, oh, yeah, I loved it. Like, no, like you got to like kind of, yeah, to the right person, you can recommend it, I think. I think I know too much but, now that I'd, I'd just be watching it just as like a as like a service to just like, be like, oh, OK, this is how they portrayed that. You know, like I think yeah. I did all the back end work already. So watching it now, I just feel like eh, I didn't know what's coming. But it is good. I agree with you, though, because movies that you can actually discuss and like. And I was thinking about like nocturnal animals. I just watched it, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta talk about some this with somebody," you know, because yeah. the way that movie ends, you're like, "There's no answer." Like you're left without an answer, just kind of like the way um, 
No Country for Old Men ends. You're kind of just like, that's it? Like, we don't know what happens, you know? But yeah. but you want that, though, because that, like, actually makes you, like, really love and think and, like, become part of the movie yourself, I feel like, you know? I, I think you have a great point with, like, actually working through it. Because if you don't, you just take it for what it is and just it's gone. Just in one ear and out the other, basically. So. Yep. I completely so. agree. And I wish there were more of that, you know, yeah. in, in movies. And I hope that... And that's one thing, like, Denis Villeneuve, who's doing the new Blade Runner. Like, most of his movies have been movies like that. Like, Enemy? Like, talk about one of the craziest movies I've seen in a long time. But, like, one that I had to talk about. And I had to rewatch. And I had to dive into. And I, I love having that. And, you know, that's the thing. A casual moviegoer does not care to have that experience. They want to go, enjoy it, laugh cry leave they're done with it but like i love being able to ghost story was the same way i was online looking up what other people were saying about it what does this mean what were other people's interpretations and i don't know i love the when a film can cause discussion whether it be for the good or the bad of the film but i don't know get you talking that's right and get talking to us you piece of shits out there listening to us Tweeted us. <laughs> Give us some traction. You guys aren't getting any no love? love. We don't really tweet either, but that's all right. Somebody email us. Tay, what's the email? It's jackofnotradeshow at gmail.com. Can we get a shorter email, dude? Let's do something. We got to get some – we need something to get things moving. All right. Uh, if you guys if you guys got a movie you want us to talk about next time, hit us up. We'll try and bring it into the show. Maybe we'll watch it and talk about it, whatever. Uh, send us an email. We'll bring it up. Whatever we got, dude. Bilmo, thanks. We appreciate the insight, dude. We're excited for the new movies coming out. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Anytime. Happy to dude, be here. Dude, thanks, dude. Tay? I see, anything I see else? walking in the, on the beach. And he gets flipped over upside down. Um, sorry, I was quoting the, the Blade Runner thing. They say to replicants. Um, I'm excited for that movie. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll tweet. Tay, you, you watch it, then tweet about it. What yeah, I'll, I'll tweet it. Sure. All right gut reaction all right everybody thanks for listening give us some love on twitter email us uh we'll talk to y'all later until next time we're out